My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Thursday the 10th of August. I'm Sam Kozlowski. I'm Zara Seidler. It's easy to imagine how AI could pose a threat to writers, but how could this technology pose a threat to actors? If a movie came out with me and Tom Cruise and Julia Roberts and none of us actually worked on the movie, I think I would lose my mind. Joe Kiley, our head of video here at TDA, is going to join us on the podcast today to explain what you need to know in the deep dive. But first, Zara, the headlines. New data shows coral recovery on the Great Barrier Reef has stalled. In its annual report, the Australian Institute of Marine Science found coral cover had declined in all regions of the reef following significant recovery efforts in recent years. A crime scene has been established after a body was discovered in a pond at a private golf club in Sydney. Police divers were called in to retrieve the body at the Lakes Golf Club in the city's east on Wednesday. Investigations are continuing. Aussie fashion brand Zimmerman has sold a majority stake in the business. The sale is set to be aimed at helping Zimmerman expand into overseas market and strengthen its online presence. The brand's founders, sisters Nikki and Simone Zimmerman, will continue to occupy senior roles in the business. And today's good news, for the first time ever, there's an all-female nominee list for the MTV Video Music Awards Artist of the Year category. Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Shakira and Nicki Minaj are among those nominated. The awards scrapped gendered categories in 2017. The 2023 VMAs will be held next month in New Jersey. It's been really fun over the last little while bringing different members of the TDA team onto the podcast. And today, I'd like to introduce you to Joe Kiley, our head of video. Joe, it's your podcast debut. Thank you very much, Sam. Happy to be here. It's fantastic to have you on, especially to talk about this investigation you've been doing into AI, artificial intelligence, in Hollywood. You've been doing this for a few weeks now. Go back a little bit for me. Where does all of this start? For you. So since May, we were following the story of the writer's strike happening in Hollywood. And then in July, when the actors also joined the picket lines, you know, 160,000 of them. It's not just your, your Matt Damons and your, and your Julia Roberts. It's, it's, it's all of these people coming together to, to strike with writers. But when I saw that one of the issues that they had was that they were facing a reality where their likeness could appear in future productions without their consent, and of course with no payments for that work, that's when alarm bells started ringing in my head and I thought there's a really interesting story here. And I feel like we're all going on some sort of an education journey with AI. The first that I kind of really knew about it was through ChatGPT, which was only a couple of months ago. And now it's working its way, as you said, into all of these different sectors. We have spoken about those actor and writer strikes on the podcast. I'll throw a link into the show notes for anyone to go have a back listen. But where does AI come into the reason why actors and writers are actually striking? 
We'll get to the AI stuff in a second, but I think it's important to unpack the financial side of this story and understand what a residual actually is. Residuals, are, you can kind of think of them like royalties. So whenever someone works on a TV show or a film, uh, when it's broadcast or rerun, they receive a small payment each time. So to give an example, if you're Jennifer Aniston and you're working on Friends, you get paid for that first year that you're actually filming the series. But then every time I'm watching it on free-to-air networks in Australia, she's getting a little bit of money there. Exactly. So every time, you know, The Nanny or Friends or Seinfeld or these kind of shows that have been on there for a long time, anytime those episodes aired anywhere around the world, those original creators were paid a nice fee, actually. Right. So you could make a living off what they were getting paid. Absolutely. And this is one of the big issues. Streaming has come along. It's completely upended a lot of these kind of systems. Not only are actors and writers working for shorter periods of time because the number of episodes that have been produced are a lot shorter, but the income that, that were filling those gaps in between jobs has reduced. Okay. So how does AI then fit into that. So yes, so the chief negotiator for the actors union Duncan Crabtree Island, he he talked about a proposal that they'd received from film studios and production companies. They proposed that our background performers should be able to be scanned, get paid for one day's pay, and their company should own that scan, their image, their likeness and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity in any project they want with no consent and no compensation. We've all heard about writers talking about ChatGPT being used to come up with scripts, but it really got me thinking when I heard all of a sudden actors might face a similar kind of future where their physical selves won't be even required on film sets. So clearly the actors' union is against that. We've been hearing a lot about AI and how it's going to shake up the film industry, and it hasn't all been negative. There's been talks about how it could be a positive and enhance visual effects and, you know, virtual reality, all that kind of stuff. What type of tech are we talking about here? Yeah, well, a lot of it's not actually that new. People have been using these kind of concepts for many, many years. So you think about a stunt performer who's who's going to do a really difficult stunt. They're obviously not going to get their hero actor and put them in any kind of danger. So these kind of practices have been in place in Hollywood for, for quite a while. So while it's never really been a threat before, with everything moving at such a rapid pace, I just wanted someone who's on the inside who's working in these kind of films to just break it down for me. So um, I reached out to uh, Tyson Donnelly, who's a visual effects artist. Yeah, so more and more there's a lot of hidden visual effects work. He's worked on things like the recent Star Wars films and live action Aladdin. The Matrix, the Matrix 4 was the last one, which was very exciting personally as a VFX nerd. I think a lot of people are confused by the term like AI and they don't really understand how that might fit in visual effects world. Can you explain to me in what ways you're using AI in visual effects? So I think the most easiest example of how we'd use it, you know, now-ish would be for rotoscoping, which is when you have to put someone, you know, on a sunny beach instead of a car park lot. And then I think the other one that people are more familiar with is deep fakes or replacing people's faces with either another actor or a younger version of themselves. So Tyson's talking about de-aging and those kind of techniques that you see in things like the the latest Indiana Jones film where all of a sudden Harrison Ford is 30, 40 years younger. So while it is all early days for this, what we're hearing is that actors and writers are concerned about how this might progress into the future. Which is understandable. I mean, it's kind of reshaping the industry in live time. Let's hone in on the actors specifically. What kind of issues are they worried about in this AI realm? I think they're worried about a lot of things, but I thought, let's go straight to the source. So I reached out to an actor, Rachel Nichols. I'm an actress. I live in Los Angeles, 
And I wanted to speak today about everything that's going on in the industry. So Rachel's acted in a whole host of things like Alias, Criminal Minds, Man in the High Castle, Star Trek. She's got quite an extensive list on IMDb. And she says that she's really worried about the implication of AI and deepfakes for both herself and other actors. The idea that they could take my voice and put it on my body and put it in a different project that I wasn't physically or mentally involved in is very threatening. It's also terrifying. Not only are they facing a reality where their residuals from the work that they've previously done, residuals, remember, like royalties, they're shrinking. They might end up in future productions that they've never even consented to be in. They've never been on a film set. They haven't physically been involved in these kind of productions. Um, And they're not going to see any kind of payment for those kind of work. So it's almost like this horrible double squeeze where they're losing out on stuff that they've done in the past and they're not going to have any kind of payment for anything in the future. If a movie came out with me and Tom Cruise and Julia Roberts and none of us actually worked on the movie, I think I would lose my mind. And then I would leave and go be a librarian or something. People who are probably first to go, they're, you know, background actors, extras, those kind of those kind of roles. And I spoke to a producer about this and, and she explained to me, well, once you start to remove background actors, it's going to have a ripple effect throughout the whole industry because you, you then require fewer makeup people, fewer costume people, uh, fewer assistant directors. Everybody will be affected by this. I can understand why everyone across the board is concerned about the emergence of AI. On the other side of things, what are we hearing from studios and producers? Well, they're going to argue that they're also being hit by financial losses, right? Like they will say that things like the revenue they used to make from cable TV, that's been in decline for, for many, many years. The box office is, isn't what it used to be coming out of COVID. You know, cinemas are still struggling to get people to come back to theatre. And so you've got people like Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney. He said in interviews that actors and writers are being completely unrealistic. So with the speed of technology developing, particularly in the film and entertainment industry, without getting too dramatic here, Do you think there's such a world that actors don't exist? No, I don't think actors will become irrelevant. Like, people go to the movies for a human connection, right? So I I actually put this to Rachel herself. Do you think that AI-generated performances will be able to evoke the same levels of emotion? No. Nope. I, nope. Show me an AI of myself where different words are coming out of my mouth that you need the tears. I don't. I don't buy it. And then I also don't show me because I don't want to know that it can be done because that suck. So, yeah, I think we might be a while away before an AI video is able to make us connect and feel something the way that a human actor is able to. But they've actually got a difficult task ahead of them, the the developers of these AI technologies, because as you start to create a digital human in a film or a TV show, as it starts to get better and better and more realistic, you think, oh, this is this is happening. We're on the right track it actually hits a point where it completely flips on itself and it looks creepy. So I actually spoke to Tyson about this and he kind of explained it really well. It's actually called the Uncanny Valley. We're super good at recognizing faces. We'll get to a point and we just know it's not a real person and we can just sense it. A really good example of this actually is, you know, cast your mind back to early 2000s, the first Shrek film. So Princess Fiona, she actually looked too too real in the film and children actually were freaked out by this because you know, it was an animation, but it was so close to human, you know, realism. Uh, and so after doing market research, they went back and actually made her look more cartoony uh, so that she wouldn't scare the kids. 
Joe, having spent so much time talking to experts in the field, stakeholders, people who are innovating in AI, but also are in danger of being replaced by AI, what's your take on where we're headed? Honestly, I think it's very easy to say we need to you know, stop all of this because it's just getting too scary. I think when I've spoken to, you know, people from lots of different industries, like scientists, people in health, other artists, musicians, like there are ways where we can harness the power of what these AI tools can do. And it's amazing. And I'm sure we'll be able to create things that we can't even imagine right now. But I think along the way, throughout this journey, it's about finding the right balance so that we can we can start to use these kind of tools, but it's not going to be the expense of you know people's jobs and livelihoods. Joe, thanks for coming on The Daily Odds today. You're never going to be replaced by AI. Oh, You're way too it. special. Thank um, you, Sam. But when you are, I'll be the first to let you know. <laughs> Thanks for listening in to this episode of The Daily Oz. We have loved reading your reviews on Spotify. So if you liked this episode, you can go to your Spotify app and it'll give you a little box under the episode name. And there you can tell us how you felt about the episode and any questions you might have. Have a fabulous day and we'll see you tomorrow.